when you set goals based on something arbitrary like money or fame or having a million dollars and you don't pay attention to what is the path to achieving that goal and then mastering that path, becoming obsessed with that path, making it part of your identity, most people don't achieve it. Welcome back to the Shut Up No One Cares podcast, a bite-sized show covering evergreen first principles that stand the test of time. I'm your host, Colin Stuckert, founder of Wild Foods Co. and TheAncestralMind.com. I'm obsessed with making myself the best version I can, and I want to help others do the same. And that's how we're going to pay it forward, leading by example, and change the world for the better so that hopefully my son grows up into a world that doesn't suck. Because some of the trends right now are suggesting it's going to. So what are we going to talk about today? We're going to talk today about having the right goals. There are some goals you can have that lead you astray, though. And then counterintuitively, by having those goals, you are less likely to achieve them. For example, if you have a goal to be rich and famous and your goal is to be rich and famous, how are you going to become rich and famous? Just wanting to be rich and famous is not actually really a goal. A goal has to be having a trajectory. It has to have steps that you can follow. So I wrote a piece on this today and it was the first draft. So I'll just kind of read through the notes here. We'll just, we'll just kind of wrap about it. I wrote quite a few headlines because I'm trying to get better at my headline writing, which is a tip for anybody that wants to be a writer. Spend 10 minutes a day writing headlines. It'll completely change not only your writing, but also your success online. Because again, everything is headline driven. Like people click on things if a headline captures their attention. How to ignore success to become successful. Ignore success and become successful. How the wrong goals lead you astray. You have the wrong goals. Here are the right ones. Don't focus on your goals. Focus on your skills counterintuitive way to ignore your goals yet still achieve them. A better strategy for reaching your goals, ignore them. So pick whatever of those headlines jives with you and let's get into it. I start off talking about the late Kobe Bryant, who was legendary for his practice routine. He would get up early in the morning, have a routine, and he would stay later when the rest of his teammates would turn in. He'd still be on the court shooting baskets, practicing, what have you. The numbers put him around about 400 shots a day. I think that's the number that he was trying to reach in his professional career. When he was younger, it was 200 shots. We're talking hours a day. Some people have tried to document the average amount of time he spent. I believe his early morning routine was pretty solid, but later in the day, it was a little bit more flexible. The aggregate number that people seem to come to that is his mean was around four hours a day of pure practice on the court. I haven't studied Colby in depth. I don't know what his goals were. I don't know what he grew up with and what he was trying to achieve. But I do know that as a professional, he had an unwavering dedication to becoming the best basketball player he could be. And then he got rich and famous as a result. Do you see how that's connected? And this is not a subtle thing. This is something people don't pay attention to. Nowadays, you have social media and you have this idea that if you're social media famous, you're somehow successful or you're winning or whatever. And I'm sure there's certain perks that come with social media fame. And I'm sure some people... It would like it more than others. It doesn't really sound that exciting to me. I think having a smaller audience and having a little bit of fame still being relatively unknown to the public would probably be the max I ever want to achieve myself. But let's say you want to be social media famous. It's funny because the younger generation today, they've pulled them and it's something overwhelming, like 70% of the younger generation, let's say like 12 to 18 or whatever it is, they want to be influencers as a primary job goal or their primary job aspiration. 60 to 70%, I'm pretty sure is the number. Maybe somebody can look that up and correct me. But we're talking about obscene percentages. And it makes sense. They grew up on social media. 
on social media, everyone looks like they're living amazing lives and they're doing all these amazing things. And you run into things like comparison trap and grass screener and all that other stuff. But really today I want to talk about goals and having good goals and the right goals and et cetera. And social media is one of those examples that can manipulate your own mindset around your goals. It can confuse you about what you should be striving for. The reality is when it comes to social media, and I'm not going to do a whole dissertation on social media, or really go into it. That's most people become social media famous through just sheer luck. It is not a sustainable business or life path that you can really replicate. There are certain things you can do. And if you commit, you can probably achieve a certain level. But the way most people think where you're going to become social media famous, the way movie stars are famous, even movie stars, right? There is so much luck and there is so much luck. It is just not something that is really something most people should strive for. It it is what it is. Yet we see it. It's in our face. Every single day we can tune in. It seems more ubiquitous. It seems easier to achieve than maybe we realize. And the same thing is with money and success. We see articles written about CEOs, people making money in businesses and success stories. And we all love that. It gives us a little high of dopamine and this idea that we can do it ourselves. But what you don't see are the failures. How often are we documenting business failures? How often are people talking about the $100,000 they invested in the business or the restaurant that they closed in three months? How many of those people are coming out saying, this is what I learned. Hopefully you can learn from my mistakes. Instead, what we see most of are these fluff pieces where people come out and say, I'm successful and this is what I do. And then people read that, watch that, interviews, pull that out, whatever. And then they say, okay, well, if I do that, I'll be successful too. But there is so much fallacy here. There's so many problems with this approach. It doesn't actually dig into the day-to-day. And at the end of the day, it is your day-to-day. That is the thing that matters. The only thing that matters pretty much. If you don't focus on your daily activity towards your goals, the things that you're going to do on a daily basis after you stop listening to this audio or watching this video and you get to work and you're working on your goals, What are you doing? What are you actually doing? And are you doing it well? And are you focused? Are you distracted? Are you copying people? Are you thinking hard? Are you using Kaizen, constant improvement? Do you like what you're doing? Or you're doing it because you think some book or some person told you that this is the thing you have to do if you want to be rich and famous. And since you want to be rich and famous, you're just going to do this thing. That is the flawed model. This is the equation that does not add up when proofed. So Kobe, and I'm going to Use a couple other examples here. Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, and Warren Buffett. Kobe was dedicated, probably obsessed with becoming the best he could be. So that's what he did every single day. All the other stuff came as a byproduct. And I'll use another example of another basketball player that fell into the success trap, got sick of it, realized what he was doing, turned it around, and then ended up being the richest basketball player, I believe, of all time. I don't know if Magic Johnson beat him or not, but Michael Jordan, as you may have guessed, is a billionaire. He started getting these endorsement deals and he was in Space Jam and he was doing all these things on the side and it was distracting from his game. His game was suffering. I'm sure you remember he even like decided to become a professional baseball player for a while. He eventually quit all that, got back to work on his game. I don't know the numbers because I'm not, I'm not a sports buff. I did follow Jordan though a little bit because I was growing up and he was, you know, it was hard not to follow him. But I believe after he got back to his game, he probably had more success and, and no matter what happens at the end of his career, he had endorsements in place to be on track to become a billionaire and is now today a billionaire. So by focusing and refocusing on his game, he became a billionaire, right? (laughs) Whatever his motivation was, 
he probably, and I guess this, because he probably had more money than he ever needed. What I suspect is it probably wasn't a success thing. And he probably, even if he had aspirations of being a billionaire, that probably wasn't the thing that was mostly driving him. I would bet that he became ashamed of himself for letting his game go to waste because built into himself, his psyche, just like Kobe, becoming the best basketball player, or at least just the best he could be, was so important that he had to let go of all that other stuff because the thing that actually mattered to him was that identity, his identity of being the best. And that's how you set goals correctly. And it's also a telling story of how to set goals the wrong way. When you set goals based on something arbitrary like money or fame or having a million dollars and you don't pay attention to what is the path to achieving that goal and then mastering that path, becoming obsessed with that path, making it part of your identity, most people don't achieve it. They don't go about it the right way. So if you do have goals to be rich and famous, that's fine to an extent, but you have to go much deeper than that. And then you have to kind of ignore those goals or at least not visit them as much, not obsess about them so that you can focus on the craft and the path to get you to those goals and make the craft and the path your identity and the thing that matters. So for example, if you want to, let's say, make a lot of money being a writer, you want to be a professional writer, you want to write in magazines, maybe you want to write screenplays, whatever. Well, if you become obsessed with who's paying you, pitching publications, just trying to do all the industry stuff, and you stop paying attention to your writing, the writing is the thing that's going to get you the success. So all you're going to end up doing is spinning your wheels and reducing the likelihood you're going to become a paid for great successful writer. The same is true of anything. In fact, like love him or hate him, Ty Lopez had a really good quote or a saying, or there's something he said that stuck out with me. He lives in LA. He constantly has models over and influencers and things like that, as I'm sure you've seen. And he gets these aspiring actresses or actors that come up to him and say, oh yeah, I'm trying to make in the business. I, I want to be a movie star or whatever. And so we asked them, okay, cool. How, how much did you practice yesterday? And most of the time they're just like, uh, what do you mean practice? He's like, well, how much did you practice your acting? Like how, how much time did you invest into refining your acting skills or your speaking skills or, or whatever it is? Like how much time did you spend on your craft? That is the thing that you need to get the goal you want. <laughs> In his words, and I can, and I, and I totally can understand this because I've, you know, in my life and people I've talked to, et cetera, I can totally get this being a common thing that people would say is they kind of look at him like, like dumbfounded. Oh, I, I didn't yesterday, or I was doing this, or or they have some excuse. Even if they make the connection to like they probably should be practicing, they'll come up with some nonsensical answer as to why they didn't. And the reality is, these people probably almost never work on their skill whatsoever, and they just go out and try to get found as if that's the thing. And then if they do get found here and there, or they do a commercial here and there, that's when they actually spend time to get good at their craft. And that is just a very slow, hard, painful way to do it. And if you look at any comic, Chris Rock. He used to go to this small club in LA, I think it was. He would just go up with a list of material he wanted to work on and he would just practice, take notes while he was doing it about whether the crowd responded or not. And even to the point when it would get awkward, he'd be like, sorry guys, this is not flushed out, I know, but bear with me. And it was just like one of those things. Like he was literally testing jokes in front of a live audience. Very few people are going to do that kind of stuff. And also Chris Rock, he had the right goals. No matter what his external grand monetary goals were, he still had the goal of becoming the best he could at his craft. That is the thing. You have to figure out what your craft is, what your path is. It can be connected to passion. It can be connected to a mission. It could be one of a million things and reasons why, but it's still going to come down to you're going to wake up, you're going to brush your teeth, maybe take a shower. You're going to sit in front of a computer or 
an office or a board meeting or a coffee shop, and you're going to invest seconds, minutes, and hours into something that you will hope will bring you the success, the goals that you want. You have to get down to where you're investing those seconds, minutes, and hours. That's the thing. And if you look at all the successful people that have done this, Warren Buffett, obsessed with business and investing and making money. Like that's his thing. He loves doing it. He'll do it till the day he dies. He has more money than he'll ever need. Um, And now almost all of it's committed to charity. Bezos, he is obsessed with making Earth's most eccentric company. And then now he has a second passion where he wants to get to the moon or uh, blue origin. I'm not as, I'm a little bit more fuzzy on what their actual goals are, but he wants to make space travel more of a, a, a thing that we can do and give us more access to the solar system. All right. Elon Musk, overarching goal is to be able to colonize Mars so that humans have a backup plan in case we blow this planet up or in case an asteroid comes through and blows us up. You have people here that in a lot of cases have bet everything, quit their job, lost millions in their 30s like Buffett did, and then eventually turned it around and made even more. I'm sure he was taking risks at the time. Bezos quit a six-figure comfortable job in finance. Might even be even been a seven-figure job. Easy, comfortable job. He had secured, locked up, and he got in his car with whatever savings he had, drove to Seattle, started selling books online with a small team, and they used doors for desks. They still have some of those desks where they use a door. It's kind of an homage to their origin. He doesn't have to work. He doesn't have to do anything the rest of his life. Yet he's now has a space company and he's actively growing Amazon because he is obsessed with his craft and with his mission. That's what we have to find. That is the key. It's really the key to everything. This is the type of content video idea that I want, like the, I want the masses to be able to grapple with, think about, you know, ruminate on, marinate. I want more people doing work that's important to them because the world's going to be a better place. Humans can be naturally cruel creatures. We can, but we're also compassionate and we like to build things and we like to help others. This is all built into our species. So if we have more people doing things that matter to them, it's likely going to benefit humanity. It's going to benefit the world in most cases. So take a deep, hard look. And this stuff's not going to happen overnight. It's going to be a slog. It's going to be years of development. And you will change and you'll course correct and you'll pivot and you'll do all these things. But find, I would say right now, find the 80-20, the things that matter, the 20% that really move the needle and just double down on that as much as you can. Now, we're coming up on 16 minutes and I want to keep these shows always under 20, ideally between 10 and 20, 15 being a sweet spot. Make sure you like and subscribe, whether it's on podcast uh, app, iTunes, Google, Spotify. This will also be on YouTube. And I haven't even launched YouTube yet, but I'm probably going to call it Shut Up, No One Cares, Get Back to Work. It's probably what I'm going to call it. So that's where you can find me. Or you can, you can type in Colin Stucker and find me there. Hop on. I'm going to be doing these ideally four times a week to as much as seven when I really get going. But a quick example before I let you go is the 80-20. I realized that what I was doing after I did my first work session where I was writing, I was coming home, I was eating, hanging out with family, and then I would come and record. And because I was doing that, my energy levels would go down and I would get more distracted and I would just not want to work. I'd want to maybe hang out with the family or relax. So what I decided today, my new routine is before I do anything, before I eat, before I break my fast, before I go hang out with family, I come into my studio right when I get home for my first session. I record this, which is 10 to 15 minutes, pretty easy to get going. And then I can be free to then break my fast, hang out with the family, whatever. And this is an 80-20 hack and edit, if you will, that I just made to my schedule because I made the connection that my current 20% that generates most of my 80% of results recording in the studio is a big one. It's the podcast, it's YouTube, 
It's It helps me collect my thoughts. It's improving my speaking. I'm always trying to get better so that I have to do less editing. This is the place where I have my best work. This is part of my 20%. So by making sure that I get in here every day right when I get home, rather than letting the home stuff get in the way, I've now simplified my process. I've allowed, I've now increased the likelihood I'm going to record every day to like 99% pretty much other than very random happenstance events. And I have all the benefits that come from focusing on my craft, my 20%, what I'm doing. And then I also get to the point where I'm looking forward to this. This is fun for me. I really love this video podcast format. I love this new show I'm going to be doing. If you want to follow some of my other work, you can go over to ancestralmind.com. You can also find that on YouTube. If you're interested in health or diet or nutrition, I highly recommend doing that. And my day job is Wild Foods, running that founder CEO of that company. Since I moved to Austin, it has been my next big thing that I've done and has opened up all these doors for being able to reach an audience and invest time into projects like this to helpfully make the world a better place, both physically, mentally, emotionally, what have you. So thanks again for watching and for listening, and I'm going to see you in the next one. 